Well, judging by the uh, automatic silence, I guess we're getting started. So, such an obedient group. So, in keeping with, uh, is everybody back from North Okay, oh, we'll get started, I guess. In keeping with the tone of what's been, what God's been doing in our church, with the way He's been leading the elders, uh, we'd like to start this evening off with a word of prayer. Would you bow with me? Father, we invite your Holy Spirit here now. We just ask you to, uh, to permeate this room, that you would take control of this meeting, that it would be entirely your doing. Father, thank you for using us in the ways that you do. Thank you for Jericho Ridge corporately, for the way that you've put this uh, group of people together. We thank you for those that are uh, uh, invested in Jericho, both with their, their time, their resources, uh, their finances, all so much energy, so much goes into this uh, church, Father, and we thank you for it. We thank you for the way that you've been leading us. We thank you for this foundation of prayer that you've been uh, building, that you've stirred in our hearts to become a praying people. Father, we thank you that you're developing in us uh, an instinct for prayer, an instinct for being the first thing that we do, uh, whether, uh, whether we're faced with challenges or whether we're faced with something to rejoice over, our first instinct is to say, let's pray. So Lord, I thank you that you've brought us together here. I thank you that you've brought us together in this room right now. We thank you for what a night like this means and what it signifies. Help us to rejoice in the things that you've already done. Help us to keep our faces pointed forward and up towards you, to look for the future, look forward to the future. Thank you for what you have in store for us. We look forward to it, Lord. In your name, Jesus, amen. Okay. So later on in the evening, we will be uh, voting on uh, a new elder coming on board. So please, for that purpose, if you could make sure that you have one of the green ballots. I think they're green, correct, Tammy? One of the green ballots. If you have not received a green ballot from Tammy, anyone? Okay. We're all good. But if you discover all of a sudden that you've lost yours and you don't know where you put it, Tammy's right over there. She'll get you set up. Okay, just to take care of a little bit of business, uh, you all have your ministry night packet. And in there are the minutes from our last meeting. So what I will entertain is a motion to accept the minutes as presented in the ministry night packet. I feel like an auctioneer looking for bids. Miriam, okay, uh, seconded by Allie. All right. All in favor? Unanimous. That'll be carried. So if you turn with me to the moderator's report, this was uh, written by a dashingly handsome person. Well, that was supposed to get a lot more laughs. 
Whew. Guess my, my wife was right. I should have gotten the different glasses. All right. So as an elders board, uh, just like to report that we have uh, been working on a number of items. Uh, one of those things was a staff manual. Uh, it's a long document. Uh, boy, there's a lot of things in there. And we went through all that. We have now completed that process. Uh, that has been adopted and uh, implemented for our staff. Uh, we performed a uh, lead pastoral review. Lead pastoral review. Say that five times fast. Uh, and that has been completed. Uh, there's a number of other structural things, of course, that we uh, that we have put into place as uh, an, as an elders team. Um, getting a lot of the people in the right places doing the right things has been a big uh, uh, a big factor in what we as a board have tried to uh, tried to get to get in place. But we'll talk a little bit more about that. Um, Something coming up is uh, that we're, of course, all anticipating no more, uh, nobody's anticipating it more than the Sumners, I think, but uh, Brad and, uh, and Meg will be going on sabbatical starting tomorrow. Well, technically, <laughs> in two hours, 32 minutes, and 52 seconds, yes. But, yeah, <laughs> approximately. No, it's, it's really great to have them as our pastors. And honestly, guys, if there's ever someone who has, I don't know, I don't know if you'd earn a sabbatical, but who just deserves that that refreshing time. I mean, you guys really, really, every day you're stepping up to the plate and taking care of uh, people in this church and, you know, and just, it's, it seems with an endless amount of energy. So, even that runs out at times, and I think there is a time when uh, you simply take a step back and say, I need this time to refresh. So uh, Brad has, in fact, being the you know organized individual that he is, he has given us a week-by-week -week play here. So if you want to follow along, I'm sure if, if you haven't friended Brad on Facebook yet, I, I hear that's big. It's going to catch on. Uh, I think it's like the Internet's going to be gone soon. Never going to catch on. So week one, what Brad and Meg will be doing is decompressing, which leads me to wonder, what have you been doing at work? Compressing? Com it must be, right? If you decompress, you know, okay, I don't know. Forget the humor. I'll just say it. All right. He's going to be writing a week of devotionals, actually, for Rejoice Magazine. So if anybody gets Rejoice Magazine, is anybody here? I don't. Do you? I, I'll admit it. Does any? It's back. <laughs> It's very popular in Europe, I hear. Oh. Are you selling subscriptions? Is that okay? <laughs> oh my! So that'll be week one. Week two, uh, he's working on a paper and a presentation for the hum. Can, can I say this right? Humani humanitas. Wow, that's like fancy humanity. All right. Okay. Dijon, humanities. <laughs> it doesn't get any better either, okay? Yeah. <laughs> and, and they're leaving me in charge. <laughs> okay. 
Week three, Meg is at a course on Bowen Island. I read into that one a little bit. Translated means Brad's got the kids. Is that right? Oh, yeah, yeah, see? Weeks four to eight, that's four weeks, ministry in Tanzania. So as you know, we've, we, uh, as an elders board, we chose to uh, identify uh, certain ministries that we feel are very much sort of joined at the hip, and one of those is uh, under the same sun, and so that's an ongoing thing that we want to keep that relationship strong, and that's part of what they'll be doing, is those pending four weeks out there in the sun. Yeah, I don't know. I got nothing. All right. Week nine, they're going to come back and uh, spend a week recovering from jet lag. And if everybody's ever had to do a, I think it's, uh, that one's what, 10 hours? Yeah, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. Uh, week 10, ministry at Camp Bob on Vancouver Island. And weeks 11 to 12, uh, trip to Minnesota. More on this later. Stand by, Facebook users. So, obviously, they have some time in there for things that are more relaxing and then some time in there that are more ministry-oriented. Uh, so, again, I'll, I'll reiterate, uh, a sabbatical is not just a fancy way of saying more vacation. Uh, it is still very much tied into ministry and developing ministry and developing uh, their uh, themselves as, as ministers. So, I just wanted to keep reminding ourselves, uh, you know, yeah, it's a great time. Yes, it's very refreshing. They're going to have a fantastic time out there. And yes, there will be time when they're literally kicking back a little bit. And we hope that there will be. In fact, the elders board has been more keen on making sure that Brad doesn't just fill his time with other things that will be tiring. We do want it to be a refreshing time. So, all right. And I think I, I said it this morning, but uh, it is not a year long. I know that that's sort of sometimes assumed that, oh, you're gone for a year. No, he's not gone for a year. He will be back on August the 15th at 12. Oh, no. All right. Okay, so yes, we've done a lot in terms of uh, uh, trying to get people in the right places because it seemed like, oh, we weren't sure exactly what this ministry area needed and what that ministry area needed and, and weren't sure of exactly the job description for that particular ministry. So we've managed to get all of those things kind of in place and for the most part, we have people uh, in those places. Now, we have a volunteer diagram that shows all of these things. Now, I don't know if it's easy enough to read. It is also on, your, on the cards on the paper. I found myself kind of doing this with my paper, trying to make things bigger. It didn't work. Uh, we have a lot of people involved in a lot of different positions. We have a very high level of engagement from our members. I would say that a good, what, 80, 85% of our people have at least a role, if not multiple roles, within our church. And Wally actually sent us all uh, a spreadsheet and listed all of the people, all of their names, and even highlighted which, one of, uh, which of those names actually had multiple spots that they filled. It was remarkable how many names were on this sheet but even with all those names, there's a few positions still open that we need some uh, help with. So, Wally, would you kind of highlight those particular areas? Thanks, Ron. 
This is the, the sheet that he was talking about. This is you guys on this sheet right here. That's pretty impressive for a church our size. Um, and I will say some of you are on here too many times. And that's also something that we want to try and address moving forward. But we're trusting that the Lord's going to continue to bring us people in this year. And um, yeah, we're excited about that. Um, but we still do have some areas of need. And uh, in the various uh, in the various ministry areas that you see on the leaves here, uh, not all of them are filled. A couple of uh, summer areas just that we'll highlight. And again, this is not, um, you know, if you're one of the people who's on this list, you know, three or four times already, please don't come to me and tell me that you'd like to help out uh, with this too. Like, bless you and we love you and, but okay. The church will function without you doing five things or six things. So let's let's try to be healthy with our boundaries. A couple of summer things. Summer coffee. Uh, coffee and lemonade. Are, we try to give our summer people some time off in various positions, and that's one of them. And that's a really easy one. Uh, you just uh, come early, and you, you make coffee, and you make lemonade, and you make people happy when they show up to church. And then you just clean it up afterwards, and you're done. So you can... Uh, uh, help fill the roles there, um, and also if you you know tap some tap some young people, some some new people on the shoulder, and say, hey, this is a great entry level place to come in. Uh, Kids at the Ridge Sunday Cinema. I'm assuming that not all the slots are filled yet. No, she says. Okay, so Kids at the Ridge for the summer. Again, we give our teachers that break so that they can renew and refresh. They they pull a long haul from September to June, and uh, and so they really need that time off. And so this. You mean Sunday cinema is easy. Yeah, 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 yeah. As long as you like watching movies and hanging out with kids and sitting on the floor, you're qualified. Just do it. So that one, uh, you can get, you can go online and you can plug in, hey, I want this Sunday or that Sunday, that kind of thing. That's probably the easiest way to do it. Another area that we need, uh, now we're, we're not just in uh, summer, we're sort of in year-round mode now, um, are some areas uh, for uh, Sunday mornings, uh, media. We would really, really uh, like to have a couple more people who can press the space button on a computer to start at least and, uh, and help us with the media. Um, and uh, we have Darwin Heads Up That Ministry. Uh, he is one of the best people to, be, to train under that I know. Um, the guy knows his stuff and, uh, and he's a good guy. So, uh, and we'd like to uh, alleviate some of that. So media. Front lines. Uh, front lines is the areas of welcome, uh, greeters, ushers, uh, welcome center. Uh, who am I missing? Coffee falls under that. We could use a ministry leader there. Ministry leader, someone who coordinates all those different, does scheduling, make sure everyone's in the right place at the right time, that kind of thing. Um, also in the fall, if you, say, try out coffee in the summer and you really fall in love with making coffee, we could use you for the year-round schedule because we'll need a couple more people or a couple couples. Seems to work well with couples, but you don't have to be a couple. Um, so that that's uh, also neat. Facilities. Sachi over there. Sachi, wave your hand. Everyone knows Sachi. He has been our facilities ministry leader for quite some time now, and uh, he's stepping away from that, and so... 
we are looking for somebody to head that up, and that's primarily focused on the setup uh, crews. We have some good crews. We have one vacancy on that, so it would be kind of a, uh, you know, kind of a match that if you were stepping up to be the ministry leader for facilities, you would serve on facilities at the same time. I suppose that doesn't have to happen, but that would be, that would make the most sense. And then we would cover both those spaces. Hospitality events, these are things like uh, in June when we're doing our barbecue and baptism, people to coordinate the barbecue. Uh, and so there's about three or four major events throughout the year where we like to be out somewhere doing something, inviting the community, that kind of thing, and just uh, somebody who could, can coordinate um, food for a large number of people. And then the last one I'll highlight is, uh, was Mike sitting there? Oh, Mike, there you are. Whoa, I forgot. Uh, Mike um, does youth, obviously, and he connects with two other churches, and we share resources and stuff like that. And uh, the other churches are, are providing sponsors and stuff right now. Uh, but one thing that Mike could use is um, a female group leader uh, for proximity. And so if you have any interest in pouring into the lives of youth, uh, female youth, then uh, Mike would love to talk to you there as well. Okay, so on your tables, you'll see these leaves. They look like this. And that is there not by accident, it's quite intentional. What we'd like to do is pause right now, and I'd like everyone to grab one or two, probably a couple, I guess, to grab a couple of those to take home with you and to be in prayer for those. It's a bit of a commitment to say, yes, I will keep praying for these people. But they're very fridge, <laughs> yeah, they're very fridge magnet friendly. It's part of the design. You like that? Yeah, it's a good phrase, wasn't it? That was off the cuff, I'll tell you. Um, but we'd like to pray for those people right now at your table. Uh, so let's take a few moments uh, at, around our tables to gather in prayer and lift them up to God. Uh, we are a praying church. It is the foundation of everything that we do. So let's take time to do that now. Okay, so don't forget to take your three or four or five or however many leaves you've got. I've got three here for myself. Take them home, put them up on your fridge, keep praying for them. Keep lifting them up in prayer. You'll also notice a lot of these cards. Take this home as well. Uh, this is a graphic that, I mean, it looks simple, right? But that's the beauty of the Nike swoosh, right? It's simple. This is slightly more complex because it has to do with more important things than runners. The, uh, <laughs> the target circle, yes, indeed. So a lot of thought has been got into this graphic, and it really represents how we think of things at Jericho Ridge. Uh, you'll notice that we have a foundation of prayer. We use terms like rooted in prayer, rooted in prayer. And truly, when you look at this graphic, if that's not rooted in prayer, uh, I don't know what is. We also talk in terms of where do the elders fit into this, and we've talked about our elders being servants and being servants of the church. And so this pyramid graphic that you see in business sometimes, you know, where you get the head of the business and everything else below it, we really wanted to turn that upside down 
and truly show visually where the elders sit. And that's down at the bottom serving the rest of you. And then you go up through the leaves and you'll see, you know, where the staff comes as the trunk coming up and you'll see all those different ministries that occur on the leaves. That's very deliberate is my point. It's very purposeful in how it's laid out because that's how we want to think about our church and how it functions and how God has set this structure up. So take one of those home too as a reminder. Uh, and next I will uh, ask Brad to come up and take us through the uh, pastoral report. Thanks, Ron. Um, I want to say thank you to two people. Ron talked about uh, that graphic, so I want to thank Jared uh, Crosley for, for working on that and so many of our other graphics. The ministry packet, we send him a Word document that's just a bunch of text, and then out comes this wonderfully formatted, nicely a designed piece that is much easier to read than anything I ever write and is very, very helpful. So, Jared, I want to thank you for all the work that you do behind the scenes. And then uh, this summer, we've got um, Brad Jarvis did our current series graphic. And then this summer, we have one of our new and emerging designers. We'll have Josh Groom is going to do our series graphics for us for the summer series for Elijah. So that'll be lots of fun. So be sure when, you, when that comes out and releases, uh, just give Josh a real boost of encouragement around that. Uh, I also want to just acknowledge and say thank you publicly to Saatchi for serving as a ministry leader in facilities. So uh, Ron and uh, Wally mentioned that Saatchi's transitioning and staying as a part of the facilities team but isn't going to be the ministry leader over that anymore. Um, gang, we're in a facility here that takes a lot of organization to make just very simple things happen. And the amount of time that sometimes it had taken us as staff to get even communications through to the LEC about where to put the pipe and drape and how many tables and chairs needed to be in there. So Saatchi came in and has worked with, the, with both the staff team and the LEC. Like when they get a call from Saatchi or they get an email from him, they jump to the pump. Me, not so much, you know, because Saatchi has it all exactly laid out perfectly how they should do it. Mine is like a hand-scrawn picture that they, I take a picture of on my phone and say, could you set this up for us? <laughs> so they love working with Saatchi, and as a result of that, they really uh, like working with us at Jericho. But that's Saatchi's work, and he has done a lot behind the scenes. Some of our, um, some of our teenagers, too, that he has worked hard and tapped on the shoulder. He'll go and pick them up in the morning at their homes. Sometimes they're still in bed. He will, you know, work with them, get them, and get them here. And so, like, this isn't just a guy who just makes sure that the chairs are set up well. This is a guy who really cares for why that's important and how to build a network and a group of people around something, like a task, like setting up chairs and tables, and make it meaningful, like... Such you have served well. You've served with excellence, and so I want to honor you publicly, and let's give him a hand. So uh, we, uh, with these different uh, areas of ministry, one of the things that we've talked about in 2017 is saying that we, we're going to do two things well this year. We want to focus on building a foundation of prayer, 
And so the way that we've gone about that is talking to each of our ministry areas and saying, how is prayer getting moved to the artery of everything that we do? Uh, not just sort of as a ministry, although you can see it does have its own leaf on there, uh, but actually as a rooted expression of who we are and what we do. You know, if somebody were, were just uh, had our 12th birthday at Easter, moving into year 13, when we get to you know, another 12 years down the road, one of my hearts is that we would be able to look at Jericho and say, this is a house of prayer for all nations. That we, have, we have worked to make sure that we have built uh, and continue to be rooted and established and founded on listening to what Jesus has for us in prayer, individually and collectively, and then walking in faithful obedience to that. And that's hard work to do, and it takes an intentionality around it. And so, you know, the ways that I see that kind of bubbling to the surface are, uh, we were praying at our table for uh, Sarah Carpenter. Sarah Carpenter, if you ever get a chance to come and sort of peek through the windows up here on the fourth floor on a Sunday morning, she has this mass of kids around her, and they're all, she's collecting kind of prayer items from them. And, you know, little things, big things. And then she has been able to work with these kids so that, like, three- and four-year-olds are like, I'm going to pray for you for that. And they just go for it, like, with full boldness and faith. Sometimes they're like, Jesus, I pray that Mrs. Miriam would come over to my house for a play date this week. That's good. That's all right. And sometimes they're, like, just in full faith, like, praying for healing for each other, praying uh, you know, asking God just in a very rich way. And so we just see prayer taking root right in some of our youngest members and just learning how to pray and actually being bolder than sometimes we are as adults in their prayers for each other and in their faith, which is so neat. Uh, Mike, working with the, with the youth, and it's a big deal if you can get youth to pray out loud. Like, or you can get them to talk out loud in a group. It's a big deal. And so Mike was even at our last ministry leaders meeting a couple of weeks ago saying, hey, we're having some breakthroughs in that like a few kids will actually pray out loud for each other in that setting uh, for some very challenging things. And so Mike keeps working with them and John Kwan in the source and they're going through the Psalms right now in Sunday mornings uh, when they have their own small group time together and just rich expressions of kind of learning how to use the Psalms as prayers and uh, learning to live a life that's dependent on Jesus in that way. So there's so many different ways in which we're working at this. I see this when I work with our, our elders team. We had a retreat uh, weekend before last. And just even all through the middle of our agenda, just stopping and saying, you know what, let's just take some time and pray about that. What do you feel like God would have on his heart for us to listen to and be attentive to uh, in that way? And so I just really respect and, and have such an uh, appreciation for the fact that, you know, our elders, even one of our me, we do two meetings every month, and one of those is devoted to just prayer. And so we pray for you, uh, and we pray by name for people, we pray for issues that are going on in your life, and so we want to know and be able to shepherd well. And one of those things is just if you've got needs that you want us to pray for, uh, just submit them. And if you do it on the app, you can say on there, do you want this just for uh, elders and staff only? And then that'll come through and we'll make sure that that just gets distributed to the elders and to the staff. Uh, and so we would just love to continue 
to support and walk with you in prayer. So we're just working, building that foundation of prayer, making sure it's a part of everything we do, even structuring it around our times and tables this evening, getting those leaves for you that you can take home and pray, just keeping at different activities and ways we can pray. Um, so the second thing we're focused on in 2017 is conversations of care. So foundation of prayer and conversations of care. Part of the thing that we realized or want to be guarded against is that sense of like we're at a place where 80% of people at Jericho are actively engaged in some way, which is massively high. Like in, in most other churches that I talk to, it's completely the opposite of that. 20% of the people are doing at least 80% of the work uh, in, a, in a given congregation. And so we're way tipped high on that. And we want to be attentive to the fact that there is a danger in that. And the danger is that we may be running overcapacitated in some people. And so we want to make sure that one of the things we're doing throughout 2017 is just checking in with you as volunteers and checking in with each other and saying, are you doing okay? Like, are you, are you serving uh, at the expense of something, whether it's home life, whether it's something else that God is in, inviting you to be a part of. And so we want to make sure that you're well cared for. Part of that, Ron mentioned, is making sure that there are structures in place for things that, uh, so that you understand clearly expectations and are trained well, and all of those things are expressions of care. But we also want to just make sure that our ministry leaders you know, are checking in with you and just ensuring that you're healthy. Because we don't want Jericho to ever get into the place where we're just a church machine that's just cranking out stuff. We're ministries, go, 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 go. Lots of activity, and people are getting churned up in that process. And so we want to just be in this season, pausing, attentive. There's things that at now we would love to do. When we say we, that's really me. I have lots of ideas. So I'm like, oh, we should do this. And then part of the conversation of care is people like Wally saying, I don't think we have the people resources right now to do that, Brad. Okay, okay, we'll let it go. You know, and so I think we we're just trying to maintain that sense of not running ahead and not making sure that then we just take too much on as a congregation that then requires those, those people, which, and you guys are in this room. This is kind of a core group of people at Jericho that have leaned in in many areas of ministry. And so we want to make sure you're well cared for and that you hear us saying, you know, there's permission. Like if you're frying, talk to us and say, hey, gang, I am tiring. I am fatiguing in this area. I need to just cycle out and take a, a season of rest, a break, whatever that looks like. We'll make sure to let us know. And we want to be ones that approach you and make sure that you don't just sort of fry out and then check out from Jericho. So those are the two kind of things that we've been uh, focused on a lot. The other thing that we want to give you an update on is just on our children's ministry search. Uh, so we've had that operational for uh, a little while now. And uh, we have, uh, I had a first interview with a candidate this week and I passed that off to the search team. So that search team is uh, chaired by Miriam. And she's had extensive uh, engagement in our children's ministry. And then Ron's on that team to represent the elders. And then we have Sarah on that team. She works and serves in kids' ministry. And then we have Dale on that team as well. And uh, Dale has been both on our elders board, has some background in, in HR and his work environment, and also has their daughter Addie and kids at the Ridge, so knows kind of what we're looking for and what we're leaning in towards. And so while I'm on sabbatical, that team will be processing uh, resumes as they come in, candidates, 
uh, and be praying for them. This is, it's, children's ministry is a hard thing to find the right person for right now. A lot of churches are looking uh, for children's ministry people, but we don't need somebody that just can come in and run a program for kids. Like, we need somebody that understands that we're building a foundation of prayer. And Ruth Allen has just done such a, over eight years, just such a wonderful job of investing and laying groundwork, and we want to keep growing that and keep on that track. So pray for wisdom for them. Pray that God would bring us the right people, the right person uh, for that, uh, even as we go through this search. Margaret's doing a phenomenal job. Like, I don't know if you saw, you know. Yeah. Uh -huh. When I go over and, and visit in people's homes, you know, there's crafts from like months ago that are still on fridges, and they're taking up real estate because they're so cool. And it's not always about the craft, right? But the craft is a vehicle for a way to communicate a piece of truth. And so two weeks ago, one of the kids came up. I thought they were doing Noah's Ark. It was just my bad. I wasn't paying attention. It was actually a basket, not an ark. Same shape. And so the kids were all correcting me. I'm like, oh, you did Noah's Ark today. We did not. <laughs> like, we talked about five loaves and two fishes. They're right in here. And they retold me the whole story with the craft as the way and the vehicle for teaching truth that's coming out of that. And so, Margaret, you're doing a fantastic job. It's hard to step in for a year into the life of a community, uh, and but we just really have, have appreciated you leaning in, serving, really feeling like you're one uh, part of the family, and uh, it's been a real blessing to work with you. So. Um, so I want us to just take uh, a minute now just to pray for the staff team. And if you've got a staff team member somewhere near you at your table, uh, then just take a, a minute to even lay hands on them, uh, pray for them in, in this season. We have a phenomenal team. Uh, and, and I get to spend time with other churches and other pastors. And I'm super biased. I love our team. They are phenomenal um, because they love Jesus. They are genuinely attentive to the Spirit of God, what He's doing in their lives, and then how they communicate that in a way uh, in their areas of ministry. So just pray that that would continue, that the Lord would continue to increase their heart and their vision, uh, and then we're going to hear a little story from Dustin after that. So let's take a couple minutes and just pray. All right. Um, so when we were uh, together last in uh, November, we have two times together each year, and November is more looking forward and our vision night to what God is going to do in the future. And then as we come kind of to the end of a ministry cycle from that September to kind of May, June, then we look back and, and thank the Lord and take opportunity to uh, reflect a little bit and see what are the things that God has done uh, in uh, and amongst his people. And I think one of the most significant ministry moments that we had as a church community in this last season since November really centered around Dustin and Christina and their family and Christina's uh, funeral and Christina's um, health leading into that season. And I know I've said this before, but I just want to say it again. Church, I am proud of you guys. I am, I am incredibly proud of the way in which you love because you love well. And, and there's a lot of uh, sort of layers to that. There's, there's a real 
um, element of practical disposition. Like this is a group of people that if there's a need, you guys mobilize to meet needs really well and effectively. And that's a strength that I think that God has given to this group of people. Uh, but underneath that level of practical need, too, there were just people who stepped in in ways just to, to bear load and carry each other's burdens in significant ways. And uh, just I, I think about like Bailey Davies. You know, Bailey and, and I went up to the hospital and was like, Kate, what needs doing? Uh, let's put together a huge list. Who's in charge of it? What's going on? So, I mean, between... Uh, Bailey as a occupational therapist and Dustin as a project manager, they had everyone's lives quite neatly, tidily figured out for them in a very complicated and, and multifaceted situation. Um, and so there were so many people who just really uh, stepped into places, people that committed to praying consistently, people who just said, hey, you know, all kids can come over, hang out, um, in, in whatever way. And so I wanted to just give Dustin a little bit of a, of a time to kind of reflect out, like what's this season, what, God, what has God been teaching you in this season and uh, that you want to kind of share with us and uh, just reflect out a little bit about that journey. So come on up. Um, yeah, so as I sat down uh, this week to kind of write what I wanted to actually say uh, at Ministry Night, I struggled quite a bit, not sure why, but um, what I do know is uh, words have power. Um, they have the capacity to produce beautiful things and to bring about life. Oh, sorry. Is that better? All right. Um, or they have the power to do the opposite, right? And um, the reality is that we will all have to give an account for every single word that we speak in our lifetime. Um, and so I want my words to be few. I want them to be well chosen and I want them to be fruitful. Um, I want them to matter. Um, you know, Jesus said in Matthew 12, 36, that, but I tell you every careless or empty word that people speak, they shall give an accounting for it in the day of judgment. For by your words you will be justified and by your words you will be condemned. Um, and so my desire tonight is to honor the spirit of Christ um, in me by sharing openly, by sharing honestly, um, and uh, more importantly, allowing God to communicate through me what he wants to say to everyone here. Um, and the reality is, is that the only words that I'm going to truly be justified by are Jesus is Lord. And that's it. Um, and so this is my prayer, is that what you hear and take away from what I have to say, above all else, is that Jesus is king. He's our king. And no matter what, he is good. Um, and so you may notice that Josh was here as well with me. And... I've actually asked him to be present um, just for several reasons. First is that the story that's been written over the past few months um, is as much his as it is, is mine. Um, he's endured the same pain, the same loss. He's been impacted by many of the same emotions um, as I have. And, and honestly, this is a cross he's going to have to bear as he goes forward and chooses the way of Christ. Um, and the second thing is I want to continue modeling for him to the best of my ability uh, what it means to be an imperfect yet faithful disciple of Jesus. And it's important for him to see his dad, be honest, be vulnerable, um, and be willing to invite God's people in. After all, we aren't meant to do this life alone. And so for these reasons, what I've chosen to do is to share only six words. 
that's uh, become important to me over the past year. And what I hope is that these words are going to stick in Joshua's mind and that they're going to anchor him in God's kingdom reality. Um, and I hope that they're going to be an encouragement to this church um, and so that you would continue to pursue the incredibly joy-filled life in Christ that God has made available, regardless of how difficult or how painful life may get. Um, so with that, the first two words that I wanted to share are be grateful. You know, this past year has been hard. Um, I sat on a jury for 10 months on a trial of a, a man who murdered another woman. It was gross. And I was exposed to visual images, um, verbal images that were hard to process at times. Um, and then all of this was immediately followed by the sudden death of Christina from terminal cancer. Um, and obviously this has all impacted us as a family greatly, as well as us as individuals, Savannah and Joshua and myself. Um, but, and uh, I love the word but, because it's one of the most profound words in scripture. And it's used so often by the Apostle Paul to, uh, as a bridge to describe the path that God opened up from sin to salvation, from despair to hope, and from death to life. So, but, through and because of all of this, not despite it, but through it and because of it, we have so much to be grateful for. We have life. We have breath. We have purpose. We are children of God. We are chosen. We are loved. We are encouraged. We are supported. We have a faith that's not from ourselves. Um, and these things are gifts. They're miracles of grace, which we did not choose. We did not earn. We did not deserve. And they are actually magnified through suffering, believe it or not. And the only right response is gratefulness. You know, life is still hard, and it still hurts, and there's still a lot of healing to be done, but God is faithful to accomplish it in his time. And another thing that we're so grateful for is this body of Christ, which is this church. In so many ways, as a living reflections of Christ, you, each of you, have loved us. Your genuine willingness to support us emotionally, spiritually, prayerfully, and practically, even if we haven't leaned on you yet, is more powerful than you actually may realize. It glorifies God and it reflects his character. And for some of you, it actually honors what Christina had requested from you in the days before she passed away. So for myself and on behalf of Joshua and Savannah and Christina, thank you. Um, the second two words that I wanted to share with you are praise God. Um, the most comforting thing that anyone has ever said in my life came from someone, or from someone in this church. I was at Starbucks a few days after Christina had passed, and I was on the verge of an emotional breakdown. And this person texted me, you are going to be okay. It's going to be okay. And I cannot recall anyone telling me that in 40 years, honestly. And that is what being an image bearer of God looks like, reflecting out his comfort and his strength in simple yet profound ways in the body of Christ. Words matter. And these are the mercies for which I must praise God. He is real, he does care, and he will be faithful. Now the Bible makes it clear that God does not cause suffering, nor does he punish people for sin, since Christ has fully dealt with it already. But God does allow suffering, the natural consequence of sin and death, to play out to accomplish his purpose. Now, I don't, I don't fully know his purposes, and honestly, I probably never will. Um, but that's okay, because I have seen the fruit of suffering in my life for these past months, which is the way of the cross, 
which w is the way of Christ, and which is the path for everyone who takes up the name Christian. Um, there's three things that it's really done. First, it's pushed me into a situation where I must decide whether to surrender in complete dependence to Jesus or continue to act as my own Lord and Savior. Here is the place that pride and self-sufficiency falls to the earth and dies, giving birth to humility and uh, faith. Second, it's laid bare the reality of my faith, revealing the true condition of my heart. Um, by God's grace, uh, he has produced in me an eagerness for healing, which I didn't have before, and seeing him glorified amid suffering instead of resorting to anger or to resentment. Um, we grieve hopefully and we're not crushed. And the third thing is it's created space for a deeper connection, obedience, and intimacy with God. It's tested my priorities and my loyalties. And in these moments of testing, I've learned that we will either be driven toward Jesus or away from him, but we will not stand still. Um, and so for these reasons and many others, I can only respond in praise and worship and gratefulness by my words, my actions, my attitudes, my life. And this is what I want to instill in my kids so that they may indeed taste and see that the Lord is always good. And so the last two words that I wanted to share with you are embrace truth. For gratefulness to be fully expressed and for praise to be lifted to God genuinely, I've come to realize that I must face and embrace the truth about God and about my life. I've learned that I cannot continue to minimize or deny my failures or carry forward the guilt and the shame of hurts I've caused or experienced. I must take accountability for my own life and allow God to do the healing work that I cannot do on my own. And so there were areas where my wife and I struggled as individuals as well as in our marriage. And in these places, we both desired wholeness and joy and peace. Um, but by our own efforts, we couldn't bring about the internal transformation that um, was necessary. We both knew that we needed help. And in fact, the day that she was admitted to Langley Hospital, we were scheduled to start Freedom Session. Um, and even though we had different views on what we thought healing looked like, um, well, we both wanted it. And I believe that the window of opportunity for transformative change in these seasons of, or these desperate seasons of life can be short, and thus we shouldn't waste them. Um, so over the past few months, I've been ardently working uh, through the healing discipleship process. And I'll just share three things briefly that uh, I've learned on that journey. The first thing is that uh, we do not know the depths of our hearts and our hurts but God does. Um, the second thing is that we cannot heal or lift the brokenness, the guilt, and the shame that we carry. None of us can, but God can. And the third thing is that we can't give ourselves the strength to face the truth about our lives. On our own, we won't do it. We can't do it, but God will. And so it's been difficult being honest and facing the truth about myself, releasing hurts, Accepting forgiveness, making amends, surrendering control. It's hard work, but the rewards are eternal and they're beyond measure. And what I can finally say for the first time in my entire life is that it is well with my soul. It is well with my soul. So thank you once again for your amazing love and your amazing support as a church. And I leave you with these six words. Be grateful in all things. Praise God in all things. Embrace truth in all things. For God's glory, for your joy, and in Christ's name, amen.
That'll preach. <laughs> Good work, Dustin. Really appreciate that. Um, I want to ask uh, Curtis if you would uh, come up. One of the things that we want to um, make sure that we uh, take time to do together this evening when we're together is just hear and talk a little bit about not only the local aspects of ministry, people like Dustin, ministry that God's called us to in these different areas represent on the leaves, but also the global aspect of our ministry together and just keep that in front of us uh, in prayer and in practical ways. So. Thanks, Brad. It's really cool to be here and um, hang out like a family and have a meal and catch up and, you know, and also to, to pray. And it's, it's neat that we have that focus and uh, we have this burden of prayer for the nations as well. And I think about the people that aren't here. Um, I get to do this, but the person I really want to give credit to, <coughs> excuse me, is Lindsay. Lindsay is leading um, missions committee and does a fantastic job. Um, Ali, you're there as well. And um, Brad Jarvis. And, you know, it's just, it's neat to see you guys. I've, I got, and Jody as well, right? Um, so we got together the other well, about a week ago, and we were praying, and then we have this opportunity to do this here tonight. So what we're going to do is we're going to focus on each one of those um, prayer families, or I mean missions families, and pray for them. And uh, we have someone who, who knows the their current prayer requests, and so instead of going through and introducing you, because some of you may not know them, I mean, how many here know or don't don't know the limbs, right? There's a lot of families that that are working and they're working overseas that you just may not know. So we have uh, someone who knows knows what that prayer request is right now. Um, and can we bring up the, the first one? Um, this one, you guys should know about Wagner Hills. Um, they're local and uh, it's really cool to go down there. The, the neat thing about Wagner Hills is that they, um, and I'm not gonna introduce every one of these ministries, but um, what I learned is that they have elective programs. They have regular programs that include counseling. They have times where the gals that are working there, they can, or living there, they can um, work. They work on the on the farm there as well as in the new um, market. But then they also get to learn about Christ and that's that can be woven into counseling. And, and then on Sundays, they get to go out and, and do church within the community. So uh, it was cool to have them uh, here last week. That was really, I love when they're singing. That was awesome. So we're going to pray for Wagner Hills. So I'm going to ask that person to actually come up here. Um, who's praying for Wagner Hills? Ah, there we go. This fine looking gentleman. Nice sweater. S sweater night tonight. All right, Sean. So th this is what I would ask you to do. Is as we go through um, and we pray, I would ask that you pray with Sean, um, and then remember these items. If it's something that you can carry with you throughout the week and the months ahead, um, write, write this, these prayer requests down, and then um, just remember those, those people that are involved in the ministry there. Okay, the, the first prayer request is from the men's campus. Um, a couple weeks, or the Sunday that we went and served there, the, the men showed up and did some work, and they were talking about doubling their space, so uh, they would like to have prayer for um, getting that space doubled from 50 beds to 100. So we'll pray for that first, I guess. So Lord, we just ask that you would just um, seek, we ask for grace for them, and we ask for the finances and the resources to 
uh, increase our bed space and uh, to bring in the right men into the campus and um, just to see lives changed. And for the women's campus, as we've helped them get ready for their market coming up, which is going to kick off at the end of the month, we ask that you would just uh, make it very favorable in the ability to um, advertise for it and um, that they would draw in the funds that they're looking for to uh, continue to do the good things that they're doing on the campus. Thank you, Sean. Next ministry. You recognize these guys? They always have such good good photos, but I, I'm sure I messed that up a little bit. Um, it's neat to have you guys back, and we're we're going to pray for for you and uh, Help Project, and um, and it's very much a future vision, and and actually pulling that together and and to see what what God is is going to do there. Um, can we have our prayer leader? Come on up. Who's are you? It's you again. All <laughs> oh, right. Well, wh where'd you go, man? Oh yeah. Curtis tapped me twice on the shoulder. They said, "Hey, man, make it happen." <laughs> oh Lord, we uh, we just pray for the Beckerts and um, especially give them good guidance and wisdom as they try to straddle the area of uh, ministry and work-life balance. Uh, you give them great creative skills, and I ask that you would just. Um, Allow them the space and the ability to um, do both at the same time and uh, see finances um, increase. And I ask that they be able to just continue to uh, share their heart with people and uh, see their uh, the giving finances, their donors uh, increase as they share their passion. And then as people come alongside and would um, would just see their vision and, and step up, just continue to bless them. Amen. Nicole family. I think someone's coming home pretty soon, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's going to be cool. So that's thir Wednesday, Thursday. Yeah, this week. Okay, awesome. D I, I think that's pretty crazy. Like Sometimes my mom would say, just wait till your dad gets home. And then you're doing like, and just wait, and just, just wait, well, just wait another day. And then, yeah, he is coming back. Okay. Lord, we thank you for uh, the Nicole family, the perseverance that you gave them through this last year of uh, uh, immigration stuff. That uh, uh, wasn't a fun time, but they've persevered through it now, Lord. And now we praise you for uh, the work that you were doing through Steve uh, the workshop that he has just uh, finished successfully and had good participation from everyone there, Lord. Uh, we thank you for your work uh, through Steve and his team out there through that workshop. Uh, now we pray for their stamina in this final week of uh, checking over their work, Lord. Uh, yeah, we pray for wisdom uh, and stamina for that team as they come uh, near the end of their work there. Uh, we pray for the translators of uh, the Mepimo translators. <laughs> uh, we pray for their work on the uh, the book of Colossians right now, Lord. We, we pray again for wisdom for them, uh, for your guidance and your influence, Lord, as your uh, spirit speaks to them into a, a, another language so more people can have access to your word. Uh, 
uh, yeah, and your, your spirit, Lord, uh, over that. And finally, we thank you for Steve's safe travel uh, over there. And now we pray for safe travel as we returns uh, back home to uh, his family. We pray for that safe journey back uh, here, uh, returning on Wednesday, Lord, and we pray for quick recovery of, of jet lag and, and, and all that as well, Lord. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Mike. Mike's in charge of the order there. Did you notice all these photos? Like, we have such a, a great group of people. Like, uh, the Schachter family, um, sometimes, Lindsay is so humble, and and yet she's like, you know, I'm not going out there, and uh, you don't live in another country, you don't live in India, but she's visited so many countries, You would, like, she's someone you should get to know if you want to hear stories of being in Haiti and being in India and being in other places. Uh, she is just so humble, she has a heart to tell others about Jesus and to connect them with his love and how much... Um, he just, he cares for them, and no matter where they're at. And Tammy, would you come on up? Thanks. God, we just pray for the Schachter family. As Lindsay's transitioning um, from maternity leave back to her work with Gain this summer, we just ask that you give them wisdom as they head, head into this new season of family life and ministry, building a home and having a busy business. Um, yeah, we just ask that you just give them wisdom as they learn to, to balance having Lindsay back at work on top of all of the other things that their family does. Um, we just ask that you just continue to provide safety for Lindsay's co-workers, the international staff at GAIN as they work in difficult situations physically and spiritually in many places around the world. Amen. Thank you. Who is this young couple? Um, Gary and Betty were with, uh, came over with Jericho Ridge from North Langley years and years ago. And you guys have been faithful servants, and you've seen your ministry organization change a lot, but your focus uh, hasn't changed. And, and that is really, it's encouraging to see, and, and your faithfulness, too. It's an encouragement to, uh, to us as a church. So we want to pray for you. Um, you just came back from a, from a pretty exciting time. I, I got to hear about that uh, in Turkey with so many people. Um, praying for the Muslim world, and uh, that was very encouraging. And you got to have some of your own adventures uh, on the plane, and, and, and just ministering and, and uh, witnessing to others. And um, so, you guys, I just want to thank you so much too that you are encouraging or an encouragement to all of us. Um, we're going to take a minute to to pray for you as well. Dale's going to do that. There's a little uh, phrase we use at home when uh, my wife or my daughter do something, you know, have a rough day and get through it. And I say, you're brave and strong. And Gary and uh, Betty, um, you're brave and strong. <laughs> and I say that to all our missionary uh, families. Like, it's hard work. And um, it, I don't know if you hear it enough, but it's so encouraging to the body and so encouraging to all of us here. Um, so Gary and Betty have asked uh, for their Ministry Frontiers um, uh, 
to please pray for continued spiritual curiosity and visions among Muslims, the people that they work with, um, so that they meet Jesus and for courage and opportunities for evangelism. Please pray for wisdom and spiritual strength for some Muslim background believers in Canada as they desire to be married. If I get that right, if they marry back into Muslim, they get kind of dragged back into the traditions and, yeah. Uh, that, um, that they may have uh, virtual offices in all the remaining provinces and territories for a wider Canadian participation and more diverse gifting of participants. Yeah. And for wisdom and counseling and mentoring some individuals currently going through very difficult but growing stretching times. So let's pray. Lord God, we just lift up Gary and Betty to you in the Frontiers Ministry to the Muslim people. Uh, in Turkey and in Canada, and uh, would, Lord, we just ask that you would give them strength, that you would give them opportunities, um, that these items that they ask for prayer for, Lord, that you'd be in these things, that you'd work in these lives, you'd work in this ministry, and that, Lord God, you would make it fruitful, and that it would just bring glory to your name. And we thank you for them and for their diligence. Um, bless them, be with them, give them strength, give them encouragement. And we thank you for them. In Jesus' name, amen. And you're actually perfect. Under the same sun. Um, so Peter is uh, traveling uh, back to Tanzania for World Albinism Day on June 13th. So we need to pray for that. And uh, for Brad and Meg and Jared and Sophie as they spend a month of summer in Tanzania ministering to local pastors, UTSS staff, and the kids. Let's pray for, for these items. Lord God, we just ask uh, for Peter's trip uh, to Tanzania to celebrate World Albinism Day, June 13th, Lord. We just pray for safety, we pray for health, and we pray for effectiveness there. We ask that, um, Lord God, that the world would um, be made aware of the atrocities going on in, in these areas and in Africa, and that, Lord, you just uh, help Peter to really minister. Um, yes, just, we just ask for a really good trip and uh, that uh, his work would, would bring fruit, Lord God, for your kingdom. We ask for uh, Brad, Meg, Jared, and Sophie as well, Lord God, that you would also give them safety as they travel, uh, give them health and protection, and, Lord, also that their ministry to these people would be effective and bring fruit. And, uh, yeah, Lord, we just lift them up to you. We lift this ministry up to you. We're very grateful for the opportunity to be part of UTSS and to see the incredible work that they're doing. And we give you the glory for it and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, Dale. The limbs. Uh, one of the families that uh, we just don't see around here very much, but it, it was really cool uh, when Jung-Hoon was here, and uh, we, we got to hear his heart and the family's heart. And uh, it's like having a, you know, a cousin that you haven't seen in a long time or a long-lost friend from high school or whatever, and they, they showed up, and, and that joy that he has, and you can just see it in his face, and uh, it just bubbles over and... He's, he also is, a, is an encouragement of someone who um, has had that stick to and he 
and his family um, are serving, and uh, where they serve is not an easy place to live, and and yet uh, they they keep on working, and and sometimes there's days where he goes out, and uh, it could be in a dangerous area, but and he goes out there with joy and expectation, um, knowing that he's. Uh, he, he works on, um, well, as, as most of Wycliffe does, um, work on bringing the gospel uh, to the nations in their own language. And not only their own language, but the local language, and then the hyper-local language. And, and that can be really, really tricky. Um, and just like trying to say the name of a language, that, and, you know, it's, our tongues aren't often, we're not used to thinking that way or speaking that way. And, and, and yet there's people that God has gifted, uh, like Steve, that can speak multiple languages, that can understand this, and not only understand it, but they understand it, they understand the intent of God's word, and it, the translating that intent um, into the local language and dialect. So thank you, Daryl, for coming up, and can you lead us? Absolutely. Um, I look forward to seeing these guys the next time they come back, because uh, like like you were saying, his joy is just infectious. He's a great person to be around. Um, well, let's just let's just go ahead and pray for what they're they're asking for. Lord, uh, we just want to lift up the Graceland Oral Bible Storytelling Project that uh, one of the projects that he's working on, and we want we want to lift this project up and just the power um, behind it that uh, being able to tell stories in in a native language, and the and the power that will have you know around the campfire. We want to lift up the workers in this project. There's been a lot of random sicknesses. And in your name, we want to put a blanket of covering over the workers who are working on this. And they can continue to work and deliver this project. Um, also, Lord, we just want to pray for Jung Hoon and Pearl and their kids, Suji, Suman, and Su Young. And just a, a continual blanket of covering uh, over them as a family unit, over uh, Jung Hoon and Pearl as a couple. Um, just that they, so they can continue to do the work that, uh, that they've been called to and been faithfully have been doing and, uh, and that Jung Hoon has been doing just with, with fervor. Lord, so we would just ask in your name that, there, that you um, blanket that family with your love and protection. Amen. Amen. Thank you. And, and you know, for such a small church, we th- you think this is like we should be done already, right? <laughs> but... Here we are. This is a family that has that, well, that has only j- just left recently, um, and and they serve as teachers, and uh, this is this is a stretch, but it's, you know, we think about how God has prepared a way for us, and we see, um, I, and I truly believe in that, and that God is always going before us, and uh, John, his he has a family connection to this area, and now he gets to go back. Um, it was his aunt or great, great aunt, his aunt. Yeah. And, uh, that's so cool. Well, Hey, hi guys. <laughs> uh, they would know. Okay. <laughs> that's awesome. So, uh, but God has made a way and, and prepared them as teachers and pre- prepared them in life experiences and prepared them separately. Um, and then also together as, as a family for this, this work. And uh, we're going to pray for them now as well. Um, And then after that, we have a video um, of of them. And and so we can kind of get connected through video as well. Okay. Um, You're up again. Hi, Tammy.
I'm going to just get right down to praying. <laughs> God, we just pray for health and energy for each of the McCarthy family members, John, Anita, Ben, Jacob, Elliot, and Lucy, as they serve and attend school and develop new relationships in Papua New Guinea. Lord, we pray for all of the Bible translation projects that are happening right now in Papua New Guinea. We pray for perseverance for all of the workers there and for grace in the many transitions that are happening with missionary families that are heading off to furlough, missionary families that are coming into the field, and missionary families that are heading out of the field. So we pray for those transitions, Lord, and we just ask for your grace in them. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Tammy. Jericho Ridge. Hello, Jericho Ridge! <laughs> Morning! Hi, this is Ben from PNG, and I'm really, and I'm in grade three, and I'm really liking recess and science <laughs> and a couple other things, and I really miss you, and can you please pray that our family won't get sick? Bye. Afternoon. Hi, this is Jacob from Ukarampa. Um, I'm in kindergarten, and I like math and reading. And I pray for Umbrice that she won't get sick. And bye. It's the moon. Hello, this is Ellie from PNG. What class are you in right now, Elliot? Preschool. And what do you like about it? Caleb. And who do you want to pray for? Hmm. Caleb again. <laughs> Bye. Hello from Ukarampa in Papua New Guinea. Uh, we have been so blessed by your prayer and financial support. We uh, just can't thank you guys enough. Uh, recently, I've been uh, teaching phys ed at the high school, covering all the phys ed classes there, and so that's been Really nice to be outside, enjoying this beautiful weather even through the winter time. And also, uh, yeah, I've been helping lead a community group with uh, grade 10 boys, and Anita and I have been highly involved with the youth here, as well as uh, with young Papua New Guinean youth uh, at Mambu House uh, once every uh, Saturdays uh, uh, just off center here. And that's been awesome to, to get to know and get involved with that ministry as well. So thank you so much for all that you've allowed us to do. It's been wonderful here, and uh, continue praying for us, please. Hello from Papua New Guinea. Uh, we just wanted to say thank you so much uh, for your prayers. We have really, really appreciated them. Uh, we are really enjoying uh, hanging out with the youth. We are um, enjoying teaching, both John and I, right now, and uh, just building relationships with these youth, um, many of whom graduate next year when we come back to Canada. Um, but getting to know lots of different kids. And uh, we just also wanted to let you know we are still looking for monthly partners. If you would like to partner with us, please send us an email at the email listed on your screen. Or if my parents are there, you can also talk to them. And uh, they'll get you in touch, or we'll get you in touch with whatever information you need. And thank you so much for considering. And thank you to everybody who is already supporting us with prayer and financial support. We really couldn't be here without you. Thank you. Bye-bye. It's the moon.
All right, thank you so much. Um, please, please remember them. Uh, it's neat to, to spend this time, but uh, they're on the front lines every day, and uh, it's, um, I, I do thank you for all your support. Of We have such a large um, missions focus at Jericho Ridge, and, and you guys have been really faithful to uh, support individual people as well as uh, team members and families, and uh, feel very blessed. Just a very uh, a brief update uh, for us all uh, on the financial uh, side of things. And I love the, the timing of how we're doing this, just in the sense of we've gotten this wonderful cross-section, haven't we, this evening of, of the, the rootedness and prayer and, uh, and then reaching and all these, these ministries and uh, both uh, locally and globally. And uh, we're talking about... Uh, God's kingdom and, and God's economy, and uh, part of that uh, we have to we have to translate that because we use dollars. And uh, so Tyler Schachter is our elder uh, over finance, and he uh, wasn't able to be here tonight, so uh, I'm pinch hitting for him. And I'll just give a brief brief update. This is not a, an approval of a budget. We do that in, at Vision Night in November, uh, but this is just a, a brief update. Uh, and and first things first is just a tremendous. Uh, uh, Word of gratitude uh, to our church family and the community for um, faithful and, and consistent giving uh, that keeps this going. And uh, so I'm. This is in the uh, the vision night or sort of the ministry night package uh, on page six. And uh, because I'm I'm standing in for for Tyler, he did write this. So there's one paragraph I do just want to read um, uh, publicly. Uh, so you, ha- you can hear what, uh, what he said and, and reporting out. So this is coming out of 2016, and then uh, just a little snapshot of 2017, where we're at uh, to date. And the second paragraph that he writes on page 6 is, uh, the approved uh, budgeted revenue for 2016 was $300,000, with an actual revenue of $291 and $24. Uh, our approved general expenses were $305,000, with actual expenses of $306,000, 228. So the resulting deficit was $15,204, and that was transferred from the cash reserve account uh, to cover the shortfall. Although our revenues were lower than anticipated at the time of drafting the 2016 budget, our contingency fund remains healthy with three months operating expenses in reserve. So just to, to, to translate and sort of say where we're at, sort of just the story of the numbers is uh, we're trending a little bit behind uh, from what we projected. We, we uh, make a budget and uh, things, things shift. So we're uh, a little bit uh, below our expected, tre- the trending of the giving and uh, some of our expenses uh, were, uh, were slightly over. That is um, highlighted, is broken down on page... Uh, page nine is uh, how we how that uh, that fifteen thousand uh, uh, shows up, and so there's a, a, just a couple items there that that show the variance. And uh, I like to think in terms of uh, the big the big picture. And there's there's certain like there's line items, and there's particular things. Some are uh, you know most are are didn't use up everything that was budgeted, and some uh, items were a little bit over, and then you have that that difference. Uh, but the, the the story that comes out of uh, these numbers is one that uh, this is something that we uh, 
we knew about and were watching and observing over the course of 2016. And uh, the desire, as you know, in 2016 and then moving into this year was one of, of growth, of the reaching and, con and continuing and not wanting to contract uh, or shrink what we're doing. Uh, and there's an element, we don't want to over-spiritualize everything, right? But we're stepping out in faith and uh, God is at work and, and doing... Uh, in all these different areas, and uh, so we were quite comfortable to say, you know what, we, we have the cash reserve to, uh, to tide that over and to, and to fill in that gap. And so the, uh, before I get to 2017, I seem to do what Tyler uh, reminded me to do, is, uh, <laughs> is uh, we, do, we do actually uh, need a, a motion, and before we do that, uh, now I recognize I'm, I'm standing in here, so I, I'll do my best, and uh, Brad, I think you have 20 minutes left before, uh, before sabbatical, so. <laughs> uh, but if there are, if there are particular uh, questions, uh, this is the, the 2016 uh, portion, and then I'll report out on, uh, on the, the good news of, of 2017 and, and where we're at, so. Before we do, any, any questions? You can always, uh, you can always ask. You can ask Tyler too, so. He. If there are no uh, questions on the floor, I'm, can we get a, a motion for, this is for the 2016, uh, affirmation of the 2016 financials as they're uh, presented. And Sean, excellent. And I'll write that down in a second. <laughs> uh, 2017. All in, oh, yes, of course. Uh, all in favor? Show of hands. Brilliant. Carried. Uh, 2017. Uh, we're, we're three months in. Uh, no, five. Four months in. School's on five months. School, I don't know, whenever, you know. It's almost June. Uh, but uh, the, the numbers, this is on page seven, and uh, 2017, uh, this is just, this is an encouraging uh, report that we are, uh, we're meeting our, our expenses uh, as expected, and uh, this first quarter, um, the, our, our giving is up, and uh, we're, we're absolutely, um, the, the budgeted amount, and there's a substantial increase, and if you look at each, even by month, and I know some of the, the the challenge is uh, we have a, a ministry year, you know, ministry calendar, and then we, we do our finances on a calendar year. And uh, so to look at it just month by month, but we want to sort of have that, that bigger picture. And uh, on each of those items uh, from where we were in 2016, uh, those numbers are up. And uh, so this is, this is a huge praise report for what, um, what God is doing. And in, in a sense... In one sense, we shouldn't be surprised, but we also we want to be good uh, stewards of uh, of what the Lord is doing among us. And uh, so, uh, the dollars and and the, the financial aspect of that is, is an important part. And uh, so, I'm just tremendously great on behalf of the elders team. Tremendously grateful uh, for um, your faithful giving and uh, allowing uh, all these areas that we're reaching uh, into, and that you're partnering um, with with your church family that. Uh, God's doing work among us. Thanks so much. Thanks, David. Yeah, I'll just add one thing that uh, when we sit around the, uh, the elders' table, uh, one thing I noticed right away is that even when we were trending a little bit behind budget last year, nobody sat around the table wringing their hands going, oh, boy, oh, we're behind. 
It was always just, yeah, God's got this. We're okay. And that's not to be flippant about it. That's just to say there's such a great balance knowing that God's in control, everything's fine, nobody panic. And it was, uh, it was just really, really cool to see. So anyway, that's, a, that's an aside. Um, one of the things that we've uh, uh, been pressing into as an elders board is that uh, we want to avoid a situation where we have a big vacuum, when you have several people coming onto the board and then all of a sudden you've got, you know, literally within the space of a few months, you've got an entirely new board. So what we want to do is have people transitioning in, transitioning out. Well, uh, the terms as they work out is a two-year term, another two-year term, another two-year term. And at that point, you do have to step out because we go a maximum of six years. So if you kind of project forward a little bit, you can quickly see how if you had everybody coming onto the board within a two-year period, which we had this last time around, in a couple of years, you're going to have everybody out and you're going to be looking for an entirely new board. And consistency is something that, uh, that in the past we've, we've struggled with a little bit in the, in the, in the, uh, at the board end of things. So to have some consistency is to start looking now at who would be a candidate to be an elder moving forward. So that's been some of the thinking behind uh, what we're bringing forward now. And as we prayerfully brought this to the Lord and said, Look, God, impress on us who you think would be uh, a good candidate for being on the elders board. Now, this is not like we sat down once and, you know, for 10 minutes we prayed and, yeah, I got a name. It wasn't like that. It was prayerfully done. It was like, we okay, everybody go home, pray, come back again. We do this meeting after meeting and we just kept coming back to, you know, sort of brainstorming a number of names, who's ready, who's not, all this kind of thing. And the one name uh, at this point in time that kept... Uh, bubbling to the surface and kept bubbling to the surface and, and always forefront in our minds was Miriam Falks. And she she brings a lot of uh, things to the table. I could go on and on about the kind of person he is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but, but Sean does so much of that publicly already that... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> She's not perfect. They do have things to work out on. No, I'm just kidding. Um, uh, but... In all seriousness, this is the name that God impressed upon us corporately as an elders team. This is a person that we need to bring onto the board. So, uh, with that as a as a preface to things, I'm sure you've had a. Now, how are you going to vote now? Huh? Yeah. So, uh, we do look for that affirmation from our from our membership. Uh, and and all joking aside, we do take it very very seriously that this is not a role uh, that uh, you enter flippantly. Uh, we approached Miriam to go and pray about this, and her reaction right away was, I will check with the Lord. I will go pray and find out what he is telling me. And she came back, uh, you know, rather quickly, because I think she, God had already been working in you to sort of percolate this uh, concept in her. So uh, it was pretty clear uh, at that point that, yes, this is something we wanted to do, and this is something we wanted to affirm in her. So we'd like that uh, affirmation to come from the larger church body. So you have your uh, uh, green ballots in front of you. This is done by secret ballot. That way you don't have to feel one way or the other if God's telling you something different. You don't have to feel that, uh, you know, raising your hand one way or the other, that there's something, you know, that you're being coerced into anything. Uh, but please, if you could do that. Uh, we have scrutineers appointed. Uh, I'm going to appoint Dale as a scrutineer and Tammy as a scrutineer, please. If you could then... Uh, gather up those ballots, uh, and we will have the two of you retire to the other room to count the ballots, 
and I will quickly mark mine. brothers and sisters in the Lord. Miriam has been greatly affirmed as being an elder. So like I said, that, uh, you know, with just the timing of her coming on the board, etc., cetera, uh, it helps move us one step closer to not only having a stronger board, uh, a more diverse board, but also um, uh, having that continuity looking forward. So there will be other names, but, uh, you know, certainly. All, yes, it is, in fact. <laughs> Michael, I like you, man. I really like you. Uh, could I have a motion to destroy the ballots, take care of a little bit of housekeeping? Um, Tammy, Constance, uh, and uh, everybody in favor of destroying them? Yes, indeed, they're gone. Okay. All right. All right, continue to pray. Uh, let's just close in prayer now. Thank you, Lord, for uh, this wonderful group of people that I'm so happy to say are my church family. Uh, thank you for the way that we hold each other up in prayer. Thank you for the way that you lead us. And, Father, we submit ourselves again. Go with us. Uh, take care of our families. Um, and uh, yeah, Help us to always be mindful that we do this not for ourselves, but for the sake of your kingdom. So, Father, thank you again for leading us and guiding us. In your name, Jesus, amen. You are dismissed. You may go.